today's episode about All About My Life. I'll be telling you about how I got visually impaired, how it began, storms I faced, and how I got my rehabilitation until this day. So I was just seven years old when I noticed I had bad sight when it comes to seeing things from a distance. It was quite difficult for me to see things from a far distance. I never knew what that was. Not until when this happened at school. One day I went to school and my friend at the back seat said he needed a ruler. I gave him my ruler and when he was done he said turn around. When I turned around I didn't know he had the ruler pointed exactly at my face. So when I turned around it scratched my eyeballs and I started bleeding. And when my teacher turned around, I bled so bad. My books were stained, my uniform was stained, everything was stained with blood. They immediately rushed me to the school clinic and they gave me medical attention. And my mother was called to come pick me up and see the condition I was in. When my mother came, she was so furious. She wanted to smack that child silly. But then she held her temper and controlled herself. So I was taken home and I was given a little medical treatment and that was it. I went to school as usual every single day until we had an exam and I made a mistake so I wanted to copy all of it um, back again and I asked for an extra sheet and they gave it to me. And then when I copied everything back, what I copied in the first paper wasn't the same thing as the second paper. So when I submitted, my teacher called me and said, come. And I went to her and she said, how is it possible that you made such a horrible mistake as this? Usually you're on top of the class. You're one of the most brilliant students we have here in your class and in our school. How is it possible that you failed such a simple exam? And she started asking me all the questions, and I answered them correctly. So she wondered, you can, answer, you can answer everything correctly, but in your paper it says differently. And that's how she knew that I had some issues with my sight. She told me to recopy it, and when I did, I made even worse mistakes. So she called upon my mom to give me medical attention. When my mother tried taking me to the hospital, the doctor said I was diagnosed with glaucoma and I already lost one of my eye, and which is on the right, the left eye, that I already lost it. And all I can see there is just shadows. And that eye is totally gone. And all I'm left with is my right eye. And the amount of vision that I have left there is so small and it may go off at any time, which means I might lose the remaining sight I got. And then I started wearing glasses, taking medication, moving from one hospital to another. They said to take, um, to do uh, a surgery, but the surgeries they gave were not advisable for anybody with visual impairment because here in my country, oops, sorry, I probably might have forgotten I didn't introduce myself in details. So I live in West Africa, Niger, Port Harcourt, 
River State. And in Nigeria, our um, medication is different from how it is abroad. You see, most times, people with visual impairment like glaucoma especially, hardly have good treatment to take, except you're from a very wealthy home and parents notice it very early. But when it's off the stage where it can be taken up just with drugs and glasses, then it's very bad. You see, here in Nigeria, most of our ophthalmologists do not give proper treatment to our patients. You see, they um, say surgery is the preferred option, but it is certainly not the best option for that patient because you might have that surgery and still lose your sight. There is no guarantee that you're getting your sight back. All they do is just hurt you even more and make matters worse for you and your family. So it's never advisable to do your surgery here in Nigeria as far as it has to do with glaucoma. So my mother refused to do my surgery and that helped. That way I had my sight last even longer. We went to so many hospitals but to no avail. There was certainly no help and no way. And my mother was just a single parent and struggling on her own wasn't so easy because my parents were separated. And life in Nigeria is quite tough. You need to hustle and hustle and hustle until you get there. And it's all by God's doing for you to get to the top. It's not so easy. Until you have connections with big people, then you get uplifted very quick. But if you don't, you stay down below and struggle almost all your life. So my mother did all her personal best to make sure that I got good treatment. But still, that couldn't restore my sight back. Until matters went worse and my doctor said I had to go to a rehabilitation for blind children. And I cried, my mother and I cried actually, and we said we will never take such an offer. When matters went out of hand, my uncle advised us to just take the option we were left with, and that's for me to go get good rehabilitation from maybe blind schools or some rehabs for the blind. And the first place we found was a blind school at Abu State, which was a neighboring state to mine. I moved on to that school, and I cried my first day I got there because I never thought in all my life that I'll be in the midst of blind people or people with visual impairment. I got to see a different world. People who were both blind and mentally retarded. I had to mix up with both old and young people. People in their 30s, 20s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. It wasn't easy for me. I had to live a strange life that I was never used to. But slowly by surely, I learned how it's done. Uh, I learned how to read and write in Braille, how to operate typewriters, and operate computers. At first, it was strange when I first learned how to read and write in Braille. Oh my god. They told me, you have to say A.1 as A, B.12 as B, C.14 as C. And I asked myself, why couldn't we just write it the normal way it is? 
It was so difficult. It took me time to adapt to the system. And everything was so strange because the government wasn't even taking care of that school. It was like a dump hill for people like us. So there was no love, no care, no affection, no good medical attention. Everything was just ups and down. It was not right at all. I couldn't even last as long as the program said I should, which is two years. I only lasted for a year and three months, and then I left. And that is because of the things I faced. You see, in this school, not only did we have difficulties with the lifestyle there because we had no power supply, no good medical attention, the environment was not clean, and of course, they were giving us no love and no attention. So we're just on our own. It's like you're at a war front, fighting your own battle on your own. So things were not easy for me. But at the same time, there were things that these people were doing that the government and the society never knew about. You see, for you to learn Braille as fast as possible and as quick as you want, you have to pay a price. And the price is you have to join what they do. You have to agree to it. And if you do not agree to it, then certainly you learn nothing. All you do is just get the teachings they give you in the morning, for morning lectures. And that's not enough for us to learn. It's quite difficult for you to catch up with what they've said so far because you need astral teaching and, you know, for you to understand it. And which I couldn't understand a thing they were saying because it was so difficult for me. But then, a particular teacher offered to teach me this braille reading and writing. I actually had a teacher who was visually impaired. Her name was Love. She taught me the little she could, but because she didn't stay in the school environment or compound, she had to go and come every morning. So I only had my morning lectures and nothing else. But for me to understand it better and as quick as I could so I could leave that place, this teacher offered to help me. But I thought he was just willing to help me alone, but he wanted a price. And that price was my body. What they do is they ask for you to give them your body. In return, you learn something. And because I never wanted to be a part of this, I was punished and I had to face other difficulties. Then I fell sick because the environment wasn't clean and this was so bad, I fainted and my mom had to rush me to the hospital. And because of this sickness, my mother redrawed me out of the school. I had to face some months being sick, struggling with my health. And then when I recovered, my mother said that I will never go back to that school. So then we had to start looking for a new school for me, at least a rehabilitation. And then we found a rehabilitation called Tilek Rehabilitation, right in my city, Port Harcourt. And that was so easy for me. So then we phoned the owner of the rehab, and then I went over to that rehabilitation. In less than three, four months, I learned everything I needed to know in braille reading and writing. And then I also completed the rest programs I had, which is DL, DLS, which is daily living skills. 
and I had to learn my typewriting skills and computer skills as well. And my bead skills. They teach us how to make craft works like using beads to make purses, key holders, bags, flower verses, and so many others. We make perfumes, creams, soaps, and so many things. It was such an exciting time in Tilak. It did not feel like a rehab. Actually, it felt like home because everyone showed us love, care, and attention. We had medical facilities and medical attention at our disposal at every time we needed it. And when I graduated, I cried because for the first time I felt outside my home, I found another home, a new family that I was accepted in, where I found people like me that did not condemn me or treat me bad like the other kids did in the other school, but they all accepted me and loved me the same. I became an ambassador for my rehab and they took me out for radio shows where I go talk about visual impairment, the life we face, storms and all that, and how we pass through the storms on a daily basis. Life was tough, but going to this rehab, I was able to build my self-esteem, courage and momentum, and it helped me become a better person. Before, I wanted to be a lawyer when I was way younger as a kid, but when I turned 16 being in this rehabilitation, I discovered I actually want to talk to people. I had passion for that, not going to the court and fighting for people's right alone. There are other things I want to do. And then I found where I belong in, and that is me being a journalist. And this taught me how to fight for what I believe in build my courage, be who I want to. I also learned how to read and write songs better because since I lost my vision, I couldn't do any of that. But with the help of Brill, I could read and write my songs on my own. And currently, I just have a single. And it's called Matching Ford. I wrote it all on my own. Plus, I was able to meet great um, journalists where that uh that helped me get to the point where I could stand on my feet and make decisions and discover who I am, believe in myself and want to pursue more of my careers and dreams. Plus, I discovered that I'm very good in motivation um talks. So I started doing this motivational speech on social media and then sometimes I get called to seminars and training programs and I do talk to people and that's how I discovered who really I am. It wasn't easy being a visually impaired person. On a daily basis I get mockeries, I get condemned words, but I still kept fighting. So if you're listening to this right now, perhaps you have one problem or the other and you don't know how to come out of it. Maybe people told you you can't make it. Maybe people told you because you like this, it is difficult and you can't move forward. Well, you better think twice because sweetheart, you can be whatever you want to be. No matter what your condition may be, no matter what the situation may be, no matter where you are or who you are. I'm just a visually impaired girl from a country where things are difficult, but I kept pushing. I may not be on top of the top top list, 
but at least I kept pushing and I found who really I am. And I'm enjoying it and I'm living my life. So I want you to know that you can be anything if only you believe. If people talk you down, ignore that. Have only one thing in mind and that's a goal you want to achieve. That's a goal you want to achieve and that should be the only thing in your mind. Keep pushing forward. Put God first and every other thing will come to you. I did that and it worked for me. I got a lot of discrimination, condemn words that hurt me so bad, but I kept pushing. And if I could do it, you could do it. Just believe in yourself and everything will be fine. I love you all and you take care.